Hi there, this is Teacher Harry and welcome back to my English lessons where I try to help you get a better understanding of the English language. You can listen to me on the podcast or you can watch me on the YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe. Okay, and at the end of this particular lesson, I'm going to give you my contact details if you want to contact me. What are we going to talk to you about today? Well, we're going to look at idioms about decisions. So, as always, I'll give you these the list of them one by one, then I'll go through them, give an explanation, some examples, and hopefully you'll get a better understanding of how to use these idioms and what they mean exactly. So, let's not uh, waste any more time, let's get on with them. So, here they are. To sit on the fence, split hairs, vote with your feet, stick to your guns, to take a back seat, things are up in the air, up for grabs, one step at a time, low hanging fruit, and finally, weigh the pros and cons, to weigh the pros and cons. Okay, let's take them one at a time. So the first one, to sit on the fence. Well, that can be quite painful, sitting on the fence. It depends how the fence is made. And if it's got a lot of spikes in the top, you're not going to be so comfortable. And that's exactly what sitting on the fence means. It means you cannot make a decision, okay? So if you make a decision to go this way, something will happen. If you make a decision to go that way, something different will happen. But if you sit on the fence, guess what? Nothing will happen. But people usually decide to sit on the fence because they're unsure about making a decision. They're not sure what the reaction or, or consequences are of moving left or moving right. So they decide to do nothing. And often in life, it's very difficult to sit on the fence because really you're not, we are making no decision at all. So an example of it will be where your friends are having an argument about where to go, let's say, on a, a weekend. And one friend wants to go to the, the sea because he wants to swim and spend some time on the beach. And the other friend wants to go on a little bit of hill walking or trekking because she wants to get a, a bit of exercise. And they ask you for your opinion. What do you think? Yeah. And you say, ah, oh, I'm not so sure. You know, sitting on the beach sounds good. And so, but trekking, that sounds really good as well. You guys make the decision. I'm not sure. So that's classic sitting on the fence when really if you favor sitting on the beach and having a swim then you should say that or if you prefer to go trekking and hill walking well then you should come down heavily in favor of that friend but if you don't want to upset friend a or friend b well what do you do you sit on the fence and you make no decision the next idiom is about splitting hairs. So what does that mean? Well, when we split hairs, literally you could take a hair and if you could slice it down the middle, it's very, very difficult. Okay. And uh, not so necessary. So when we say somebody is splitting hairs, we mean that they are making unnecessary comments, some, some very minute or tiny details that are not really so, so relevant. So, you know, we often say to them, oh, let's not split hairs over this. So if you're trying to argue about something and you're, you're making big decisions, but somebody wants to focus on some small details, then that could be described as splitting hairs. So they're making unnecessary distinctions between things when really the differences between the, the two are, are, are very, very small. Okay. So uh, what's, the, for example, we go back to the earlier example of deciding where you're going to go for the, the weekend. So shall we uh, sit on the beach 
or shall we sit in the park and have a, a picnic, yeah? Okay, so they're not really so different, yeah? So it is if somebody said, oh, well, this is going to be better because, you know, there are not going to be any flies or mosquitoes in the park, but there might be some flies or mosquitoes on the beach, who knows? Or, you know, well, it might be a little bit hotter in the park than it will be on the beach. So these are sort of small details and somebody say ah oh, you're really splitting hairs in relation to that let's just make a decision where we want to go okay so splitting hairs next we have to vote with your feet well when we say somebody votes with their feet it's all to do with walking okay we use our feet to walk so when we don't like something we often avoid it and therefore we vote with our feet so if you don't like the local restaurant because they have changed the management or in fact they may have changed the menu and you no longer like it. So you vote with your feet by avoiding that particular restaurant and you go somewhere else, okay? So that's, you've made the decision. You've voted with your feet. So anytime that we dislike something that has happened or we've had an argument with somebody or the shop or retail operation doesn't provide what the customer really wants well then the customer votes with his or her feet they vote with their feet and they go somewhere else so customers will always vote with their feet so if they can't get what they want in your shop they'll go to a shop where they can get it if they can't get the food that they want in your restaurant then they will vote with their feet and they will go to a restaurant that will provide them with what they want so when people are planning a marketing strategy for selling a product or you know whatever they want to do they have to make sure that what they are offering is what the customer wants because guess what if they don't then the customer will vote with their feet and they will go somewhere else okay so that's exactly what it means to get up and walk away vote with your feet stick to your guns so when we stick to our guns it means we stick to our point of view our argument no matter what people say okay so you know if you're having an argument with somebody in the office if you're having an, an argument or discussion with somebody in the family and they're trying to persuade you that they are right and you are wrong and no matter what they say to you, you say no no i'm going to stick to my guns that's my decision. That's what I think. I'm not going to be persuaded by you. I'm going to stick to my gun. So it means whatever you believe is correct for you, well, that's what you're going to do. So once you've made a decision, you're going to stick to your guns. Okay. And somebody said, no, look, I think you should do this or I think you should do that. He said, no, 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 I'm going to stick. I've made my mind up. That's my decision. Okay. So it could be very something very simple. Perhaps it's to do with the course you've decided to, to do in university. Yeah, you've decided to do a philosophy course and somebody's trying to explain to you, well, are you really sure you want to do that? Because it's going to involve a lot of reading and you're not the sort of person that I've seen that reads a lot. And perhaps this might not be the course for you. And you say, no, 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 I really like it. I like the whole idea of philosophy. I, I, I'm going to spend a lot of time reading. I know how to do it. So I really would prefer to do this because there's nothing else on the, the schedule that I think uh, would, would suit me. So if you don't mind, I'll stick to my guns. This is the course I've decided, and this is what I'm going to do. So stick to your guns, stick to your principles, stick to your decision, your view, no matter what other people and what other arguments other people put in front of you. Stick to your guns. 
to take a back seat. Okay, when we take a back seat, literally, if we're driving a car, behind us usually are two or three seats. Okay, so if you're driving, you're in control. And when you're in the back, you're not in control. You're leaving the driving to somebody in the driving seat. Yeah, okay, so when you decide to take a back seat in something, you're sort of stepping back and let somebody else control it, let somebody else be in control, and you sit back and relax, okay? So again, if we have two friends who are arguing over some point of view and they're looking for you to, to side with one or the other, you say, no, I'm gonna take a back seat on that. I'll let you guys work it out. It's nothing to do with me. It's not going to affect me one way or the other. So if you don't mind, I'll take a back seat. I'll let you guys work it out and come back to me when you've made a decision, okay? So to take a back seat means to step back, step away from something, sit down, relax, and just leave it to somebody else to control. Take a back seat. When things are up in the air, well, I can take things if I had them on the table, the papers, and I can throw them up in the air and eventually paper will land, but it might take a few seconds. So when things are up in the air, it means they're not quite decided. Things are a little bit uncertain. So from an office point of view, the manager retires or the manager gets sacked, gets sacked or suddenly leaves for another job and everybody is wondering what's going to happen, who's going to replace them, what are we going to do with this project, how are we going to finish it, is there somebody in the team that's going to get the position. So nobody knows so we can describe that as a situation where things are up in the air so you come home and you're talking to your partner husband or wife and you say oh things are really up in the air in the office at the moment they haven't replaced john who left last week lots of rumors going around that they're going to appoint somebody from another department which nobody will like or maybe they'll go outside externally and recruit somebody there but that's going to take a couple of months so things are really up in the air and that project that I was working on, well, who knows now when it's going to finish, okay? So when things are up in the air, they're undecided, they're unsure, it's uncertain, and nobody knows what is going to happen. Up in the air. Up for grabs. Well, let's go back to that example for up in the air, and we can explain this quite, quite easily. So this guy, John, has left his position. There's a vacancy there in the office. It's available and it's up for grabs. It means somebody is going to get that position. So it might as well be you as somebody else. So why don't you put yourself forward? So your colleagues or your partner might say to you, oh, well, there's the opportunity you've been waiting for. You wanted all the time to get into a management position. There's a vacancy. Knock on the door of the boss or the HR department and tell them you want that position. You'd like to put yourself forward because the job is up for grabs. The position is up for grabs, okay? It means it's vacant, it's available, somebody's going to get it. You put your name forward, or as we say often in English, put your name in the hat, yeah? And who knows, you do a good interview, or they think well of you, you've, you've got a good reputation, you might make that job yours. So it's up for grabs, but grab it. So to grab something means to take hold of it. So if the job is there, it's up for grabs. You grab it before somebody else does, okay? Up for grabs. One step at a time. Well, when we take one step at a time, literally one foot, the next foot, one foot, the next foot. So each foot is a step, yeah? 
So one step at a time means we take things slowly, we take things very deliberately, and we make sure that we are doing everything correctly. We're not going to make mistakes. Now, it might mean you do things a little bit more slowly than you had intended, okay? But we take things one step at a time because if we get ahead of ourselves, we might make a mistake. So if you're planning something, a holiday perhaps, or if you're planning a move of an apartment or to buy a house or to buy an apartment, you might say to your partner, well, hold on a minute. Let's first of all look at where exactly do we want to, to live before we start looking at houses, which area do we want to live in? Okay, let's take it one step at a time. We'll, we'll look at the, the localities, where would we like to live? Then let's look at the type of properties that are available. And of course, the most important thing, how much are they going to cost? And are they within our budget? Because we have to look at either selling this apartment or going to the bank to get a loan or credit to purchase. We need to take it one step at a time, slowly, slowly. Okay. So once we do that and we have something set out in a very specific plan, then hopefully we won't make too many mistakes doing it one step at a time. Low hanging fruit. Well, when we get to the end of the summer, probably early September, and you go into the orchards for the apples, you'll see the branches weighed down very heavily with all of the apples, unless the wind has blown them down, but they'll be weighed down. And the lower branches will be the heaviest and the, the easiest to pick. So you can just put your hand up or bend over, take an apple, take an orange. It's very, very easy. So when we're talking about low hanging fruit, it's the easiest option that you have. And once you've cleared the lower branches, it becomes a little bit more difficult as you go up because you might need a ladder or some way of getting up to the, the fruit at the top of the tree. So that's specifically and exactly what we mean by low hanging fruit. So when we talk about it in an idiomatic way, low hanging fruit is the easy option. Okay. So if you've got a marketing strategy, and a plan to sell more of your products, then what you're looking for initially is the low hanging fruit, meaning go for the customers who already know you perhaps, who have already bought a, a similar product from you in the past, and they're probably the customers more likely and the most likely customers to buy your new product. So you gear your initial marketing towards them. Okay, so you're going after the customers who know you, the customers who know you by reputation, the customers who have bought previous products and they're very happy with them, but it's time for a change. So this is the low hanging fruit and you get a few sales in that area. It sets up everything for the, the rest of your campaign. And then you start targeting perhaps new customers or customers who know you, but didn't buy from you in the past and then gradually work your way up the chain. Okay. So the low hanging fruit is the easiest part of the chain. The people who know you, the people who you'll find it easiest to sell to low hanging fruit. And then finally to weigh the pros and cons weigh W E I G H. Okay. So when we get up in the morning and we feel a little bit 
heavy and we want to find out and we put on some weight we stand on the weighing scale so we weigh ourselves w-e-i-g-h okay and to weigh up the pros and cons means to balance okay to weigh up meaning okay and on one hand here are the pros the benefits on the other hand here are the cons the the disadvantages i'm going to weigh them up and see what's best for me and if this wins then yeah, it's a positive decision. If the disadvantages are heavier, then perhaps I should go with that and I shouldn't make that particular decision. So when we weigh up the pros and cons, we're looking at our problem to make our decision and hopefully we'll make the right decision so we make it in our favor. What are the advantages or the positives, okay? Uh, or what are the disadvantages or the negatives, which is going to win? And when you weigh them up, then you can make your decision. So weigh up the pros and cons. Look at it from every side. Positive, negative, negative, positive. Weigh up the pros and cons. Okay, so they're my idioms dealing with decisions. Let me just give them to you one more time. Sit on the fence. Split hairs. Vote with your feet. Stick to your guns. Take a back seat. Things up in the air up for grabs, one step at a time, low-hanging fruit, and finally, to weigh up the pros and cons. Now, if you want to contact me, you can do so on www.englishlessonviaskype.com. Always happy to hear from you, okay? Make sure you subscribe to our channel, as I mentioned before, and if there's anybody out there that you think will enjoy our lessons, well, why don't you give them the details as well? And if you or your friends are looking for English lessons, either to help you to improve your conversational English or to prepare you for an interview with an international company, well, why don't you come to us and we'll give you some, some help. Okay, thanks for listening and join me again soon.